Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Joining me now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Hey, man, look at me. It's Double B, Bobby Blaze, coming to you right from behind the gorilla position. I'm going to walk out to the ring, and I'm going to take that microphone. And I've got, we have gotten a very special guest this week, Professor. D, he's from the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast at Booking the Territory. He is a connoisseur of Hennessy, the general of the BTT Army, a menace to society. He is Mr. Mike Mills. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, it's about goddamn time I got invited on this show. After all these years and months, and uh, it's a, it's just about time. You know, I've been sitting here waiting for the call up to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, and you finally decide to call me. I know what it is. I know that. I mean, you know, I, well, first off, Bobby's only been on Booking the Territory 40 <laughs> times at this point, somewhere plus or minus 10 episodes. He helped me out a lot with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. But I think I think it all circles back. Bobby and I have never had heat, but I know what it is. Jeremy and I got heat because <laughs> I made a statement about Kenny Omega and Tim Horner on Twitter, and I said Tim Horner was a better promo than Kenny Omega on a bad day, and that seemed to work Jeremy up into a lather, from what I can tell. But it is great to be here. Bobby, I love you to death. We've never met in person, but we've had a million conversations, it seems like, over yes. the phone over the last four or five years. So with that said, uh, I'm glad to be here, but Tim Horner is still a better promo than Kenny Omega, and I will explain like I did on BTT about two months ago uh, why I say that. But how are you guys doing, fellas? Hey, Mike, I know we've never had any heat, brother, and I can't wait to meet you in person, and we're going to. I was, I tell you, I'm not blaming on anyone. You can put the heat on a professor if you want, but there's two reasons, maybe. Maybe one. I was trying to keep you away uh, during football season because I know you. You know you're down there with the Saints, man. And uh, hey, you know LSU won that big one there um, during this time. But we had a uh, kind of a break ourselves from the program. Um, anyway, the other reason might be um, we haven't had. Uh, I think you're only guest number four or five on our program. We've just now recently started doing guests. So with that said, please accept my apologies, but also please accept my welcomes and any heat from there on out. Carry out over to the professor. Uh, um, yeah, so obviously the humidity's gotten to your brain, and <laughs> you're a booger-eating moron to hold the position that you hold on the Kenny Omega, Tim Horner thing. Um but I want to hear your argument first before I, you know, tear into it or, you know, make any ad hominy attacks. Well, first off, I mean, here's the thing. Social media, everyone is on edge and people are just ready to work themselves into a shoot. Am I wrong, Bobby? Like, that's You're right. Everybody is on edge these days. Social media is going to be the downfall of society, but I really don't want to go down that track right now. My, my point being is. Like, I just was trying to have a little fun. And Bobby Bobby knows this. And Bobby Bobby will be diplomatic because he doesn't have any heat with Tim. And neither do I. I, I don't no. know Tim Horner. I don't know Tim Horner from anyone. But we've taken shots at him over the years. We're reviewing Smoky Mountain Wrestling. What the hell were we supposed to do? Completely avoid it? But we talked to, you know, like we talked a lot about Tim. And the thing is, anybody... Who watch who watched Smoky Mountain Wrestling during Tim Horner's run in those first hundred episodes or so? I can't remember exactly. His promos were so goddamn bad <laughs> that you laughed, 
You pissed yourself. <laughs> you you had you you just had nothing. There was nothing else you could do but laugh at some of the stuff that came out of his mouth. That he was more entertaining than Kenny Omega <laughs> when it came to promos. That's a fact. I mean, it was so bad, it was a train wreck. And I will the one that I will cite more than anything is the one that he did with Paul Orndorff, episode 52 or that. so. <laughs> First off, he could not get out the word Orndorff. He kept calling him Mr. Warndorf, like Warndorf. <laughs> he told Paul once he got tired, he'd take over. It it had some very, very like there were there were moments in that promo that you just lost it. I mean, it was hysterical. And then I had the opportunity to talk to Dutch Mantel on Booking the Territory, probably about two to three years after that promo. And I played it for Dutch. And Dutch <laughs> said something like, Mike, it was so bad. I just I just had to say something at the end. And Dutch said something at the end. I don't care what you do. Just don't get me. Like Dutch was trying to add some comedy to it. Tim was so bad when it came to promos that he was more entertaining than Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. The problem with that tweet was, Jeremy, mm -hmm. and I get where you're coming from. I don't like Kenny Omega, but yeah, I don't hate fine. him either. Yeah. I, I, look, well, I'm, what I want to say is I don't like Kenny Omega, but I don't hate him either. I'm not, I don't have a Jim Cornette take on Kenny Omega. Yeah. I say Cornette because, you know, he's the high-profile guy with the takes on him. I, have, right. I don't have that issue with Kenny Omega. I, matter of fact, I don't hate anybody like that, just with the vitriol that a corny does. My point being, <laughs> though, Horner's promos were so bad they entertain the hell out of you, and you can't help but just be like, oh, my God, this guy is just entertaining in the worst way possible. And that's where my tweet went. And here's the problem, and again, I'll circle back to my first point with social media. The problem with social media is you cannot say things like that because the AEW fans came after me like I had just oh, said, yeah. like I had just said, you know what, if Jesus wouldn't have died on a cross, I would have murdered him. I mean, like that's like that's the vitriol these these people come at you with. So I it's just it's the day and age we live in. But that's my explanation for Tim Horner and Kenny Omega. I don't care enough to care about Kenny Omega, but I just was having fun that night. Oh, you know, I got you. And you know, and here's the thing: I'm not like a big Kenny Omega fan. I just don't get where all this fucking oh Kenny Omega is the worst comes from. And you see it like I mean, especially the guys. I follow on Twitter because a lot of the wrestling fans are our age, grew up on the NWA. That's what they're into, you know, and there's all this like fuck AEW and, and fuck Kenny Omega. And, you know, Kenny Omega, an argument can be made that out of this generation, he is one of the best guys working. Now, he sucks on a mic, um, but he's great in the ring, you know. So I just don't get where this comes from. But that being said, it's not like I'm buying his fucking T-shirts. Yeah. Let me interject here. Okay. I think we've all three said this. We put over Kenny Omega last week, Mike, just so you know, because he was a champion over several. We did a top tier uh, grading system, one of titles, and, um, you know, his name came up several times. I don't think anyone, we've all basically said the same thing here. Uh, we're not over uh, Kenny Omega fans, per se, but we don't necessarily hate him, hate him either. Um, especially to the point that Corny does, you know, and that's, um, I don't know anyone that does to that, to that extent, but, um, you know, dude is talented. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, um, I'm going to go with, um, if we're just ribbing around, 
I'll take um, I'll take a Tim Horner promo over Kenny Omega any time, to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, I'm not buying any of his T-shirts either. But I do think part of it, Mike, goes back to that thing he was talking about, the, the social media, and then, then you said the AEW fans come out. That, that's the thing. I don't know if they even know how to joke or take a rib, you know. Um, now I'm not talking about the – uh, we don't need all this hatred. I agree with that, man. People's on the fucking edge as it is, as you mentioned. But man, um, I see some. Of the, I just don't get involved in some of that on Twitter. Uh, when I see all these AEW fans that jumping, jumping in on this the slightest thing and like they've been disrespecting, like not really, you know. Um, the whole thing with the. Uh, uh, I guess with Jim Ross saying he's, he's one of the better workers in the world, and they all took it like he got shit on by Jim Ross or something. He was giving him a compliment, you know. I think he compared him to maybe, I mean, she's, maybe you mentioned Randy Orton or something. Like, what the fuck? Take a compliment when you got one coming, man. Even their fans, though, they just, whew. I don't know, man. Let's, let's end all this fucking hatred, man. Let's enjoy yeah. some professional wrestling. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I agree, Bobby. We, the, the, the level of hate on social media these days is – through the roof and I, I don't want to focus yeah. on it but it's just one of those things right. like i try right. i try my best and i really like try to make a, a conscious effort to whenever it comes to either the btt twitter feed or my personal one i yeah. really try hard not to get caught up in uh hateful tweets uh i try my i never i rarely respond to anything hateful um are there times where i have sure i mean we're human yeah but i rare i I just refuse to engage in it for that reason. I'm with you and Jeremy. Look, when I get on there and I talk some old school wrestling, it's mostly fun. A lot of times people yeah. have differences of, yeah. of opinion in mind with it, but that's great. You're good. You have your opinion and um, it doesn't mean I need to agree with it. And a lot of times if I disagree with someone's opinion on it, I just don't respond. I hit like and keep right. moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I wanted to, I wanted to bring up something that came up on my social media feed the other day. Uh, Jock Sampson's got a match against Danhausen coming up. And, um, <laughs> Bobby, uh, out of everything that's ever happened in history, this is the only thing that's ever put me on Jock Sampson's side. I'm hoping he kicks the that's shit out of that painted faced little scrawny ass. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, um, let's see, is that taking place next week? It, it might not be too far from me. I think it's in Charleston, West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me see here. I heard that was going to take place. Um, Pro Wrestling Conquest, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I've got the poster yeah, saved sure. somewhere. I'm not. All right. Well, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, Jock. Uh, but um, speaking of which, I was going to tell you, as far as I know, in July, coming to Charleston also, Tim Horner is going to be there as this dirty white boy making an appearance for All-Star Wrestling um, over in the Charleston, West Virginia area. Um let me jump back real quick. Mike, I wanted to say thank you very much for having me on the Booking the Territory podcast. And whether I was on that program or not um, as a guest, and also I got the honor of uh, co-hosting it uh, along with you and uh, Doc when Harper was out there for a little bit, and uh, we'll bring those guys back into it in just a second. Um, even if I hadn't you know, uh, been a guest or got called to, to, to host – the way you did the Smoky Mountain, man, I just uh, cannot thank you enough. It brought back so many memories, and um, I just enjoyed those podcasts, um, uh, just you guys interacting, uh, some of the guests you've had on your regular podcast as well. But, man, um, when I say that, meaning the Saturday night and the, the clips you put up on, on the YouTube on that, but on the Smoky Mountains, man, 
uh, thank you so much uh, for revisiting something that took place, you know, 25 years ago and the interest and the, um, the reactions we got from that. Just, uh, I, I really appreciate you very much for taking the time to do that. You want to tell us anything about your program? I know you're located at booking the territory on Twitter. Um, and I know you have a personal feed and you can, you can plug anything you want. Uh, but I just want to get that smoky mountain one out there to, to make sure you understood how much I do appreciate maybe the 40 appearances I had or what have you. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to actually remember, Bobby, how many times. The, the thing was, uh, so with this with Smoky Mountain, you came, I think uh, we the first time we had you on as a guest uh, yes. may have been right at the beginning when we first started it, and, and you and I did like two, probably two and a half hours of uh, of audio uh, that, that anyone can listen to. You just got to go to tinyurl.com slash bttpod or mikemills.podbean.com, or you just search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. I actually think you got to go to mikemills.podbean.com now that I think about it, because the, that the episodes are so old for, from so long ago, you can access them there. But, you know, the week-by-week week look at Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Doc, I got to give him credit. It was his idea, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, one qu- Another quick thing about Tim Horner. Uh, Tim Horner is a really good pro wrestler. I'm, I, when, I, when I say we make fun of his promos, it's his promos. In the ring, yeah. Tim Horner is exceptional. There's, I, I've, I've said that about him for many, many years. You, when you watch him, technically, um, and Bobby, I'm sure you know. I, I don't know if you ever worked a, get with him, uh, Bobby, or maybe just yeah, tag with him. But I was just telling a guy from the, the um, art of grappling school I help with sometimes. Mike, the guy had a maybe he's had four or five matches under his belt, and he had to do a babyface match a couple weeks back, and was complaining about babyface. I said, look. Uh, my brother sent, I don't have Facebook, but he sends me these, um, where he's in a Smoky Mountain group or something. They, they were talking about, um, I did a week long babyface one on one with Tim Horner opening match every, every night for like five nights when some of the boys weren't on another tour. And, um, man, it, it was easy. It was great. It really was. I uh, just put him up the old, put him over with the O'Connor roll up in the first match. You know, I hadn't even, I only think I had been on TV yet, to be honest with you. But, um, I learned something, you know, each night doing that. And, um, it was, it was really cool, man. I never, I never had a problem with, I even saw one night on the old WWF, um, like maybe on a USA network. So I saw Tim Horner and Barry Horwitz, um, have a killer match one night. They just got to go for like 15 minutes and it's like, I knew they could wrestle, you know that that wasn't the issue and i know what you're meaning when you talk about tim i wish i had a date in front of me um and who i was going to be there but i know the other day one of my friends told me um that tim horner and dirty white boy both were going to be at um asw up in charleston west virginia in july so um and i knew dan housing was coming with jock um that's a, a completely another promotion um also august the 7th i'll be in beckley west virginia for uh, ASW, and I'm going to be in my main man Shane Storm's corner as he battles Jerry the King Lawler. And from my understanding, Lawler has brought in Dennis Condry as an enforcer, you know, so that should be a good show over at the Beckley. Um, it's at the uh, National Guard Armory or whatever they call it nowadays, but it's, uh, it's one of the best buildings I worked in in Smoky Mountain. It's a hell of a building um for wrestling and i'm looking forward to going over there and, and hopefully uh bring out a win for my man uh shane storm on that night so kind of got them plugs there mike go ahead oh no no i i just you had you had basically confirmed it i mean the thing was you know horner was he's really good in the ring i mean he was so exceptional technically sound i mean you really can't say i'm mean, honestly god you can't say anything bad about him from an in-ring standpoint he just didn't have the personality and 
not cut a promo. I, it it was like <laughs> trying to pull a promo out of Tim. You just couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, we made a lot of fun of him with those promos. And, and I hope if he heard any of it, I asked Tommy Noe about it at one point. He said Horner knew about the show, but that was it. And he left yeah. it at that. So, you know, yeah. I, again, it's not – I say this all the time whenever we re- review these old wrestling episodes. You're just reviewing an episode. It's not really personal. Um, you're no. just reviewing things, you know. And when you see something good, you tout it as something good. When you see something yeah. bad, you go, oh, man, that was bad. And unfortunately for Tim Horner, his uh, his Smoky Mountain run is, is for me, known. This is beyond Jim Cornette. I, I don't want to reference this a lot, but I know Jim Cornette has said a lot of stuff about Horton, Horner from a business standpoint. I'm talking about just strictly what we saw on yeah. television with those promos. Hilarious <laughs> stuff. And we had a lot of fun talking about it. So, but, but, like I said, go back to it. Very, 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 very good pro wrestler. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How about the heat with Tommy Rich? <laughs> I get told that I talk about that way too much. So, all I'm going to say is, you know, God bless him, man. Uh, bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. That is never a good thing that when is a, a southern says that. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I never, hey, hey, I'm gonna tell you this too. Hey, Mike, that's real classy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's good. That's right. That's right. It's really classy. Bless your heart. <laughs> oh man. Hey, um, real quickly here. Um, not to take the show down a notch or anything. I do not want to do that. So let's not let's not dwell on this very long. Um, I miss this person more and more every day, and that's Tracy Smothers. Um, but, um, and I just wanted to bring us up I, on your book in the territory, you, um, you had Tracy and myself on there and, um, that was really cool. And he also talked about a couple of new Jack stories that I know you put up on your YouTube. If you wanted to promote that, um, sadly we've lost both of them again. I don't want to dwell on that too much, but that was a really cool that you got Tracy on there and got some, uh, new Jack stories out of him about working at Smoky Mountain. So I'm glad that took place before either one of them were, were deceased or deceased now. Sorry. So um, thank you for getting Tracy on there when we did. Yeah, it, it go and anybody listen to this, uh, please go check out our YouTube channel, uh, Book in the Territory. Just search Book in the Territory. Maybe you can put in there, Book in the Territory, R.I.P. Tracy Smothers. We we did a, a short, like 20 minutes on, on Tracy. I say short, but we did a, yeah. a, a an R.I.P. segment on Tracy. Uh, and then, you know, I had you and Tracy on the first time I had Tracy on was with you. The second time I had him on a, a couple years later. But uh, Tracy was was so good. Like, you know, he just was a really nice guy. I don't know how. I mean, you know, they I hate they say that about a lot of people after they pass. But no, this is a fact. Like, I remember yeah. having Tracy on with you and we did the episode couple uh, about a year or two later i actually got to meet tracy in person for the first time and uh at wildcat x-rated uh x-rated wildcat x-rated basically is an adult you know show that they a pro wrestling show wildcat entertainment sports and entertainment in new orleans is a wrestling federation and um tracy would do their x-rated show every year which is an adult only show uh where they curse and stuff i mean it's not like x-rated but uh, i got to meet tracy there and the reason i point out that i got when i got to meet him there for the first time in person i've met him over the phone a bunch of times uh, but just talking to him and just, it just like, he just was just a regular guy. Like, you know, we, we oftentimes look up to pro wrestlers and we, we see them as these larger than life personalities. And Tracy Smothers was just a nice human being, yeah. really nice guy. Genuine guy. On. 
genuine guy, uh, easy to talk to. I never forget when I walked up to him. I, I actually felt weird, Bobby. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but I walk up to him and, you know, he hadn't really met me in person. I mean, I guess he knew what I looked like just from like Facebook and Twitter. But um, I, I walk up to him and say, hey, Tracy, you know, I tell him my name. And he goes, oh, Mike. And he starts just putting me over with like two people that are standing there. And he's like, this guy, he does the, the Smoky Mountain show in a week by week. And I'm like, I'm a goddamn nobody. And he's he's talking about me like I'm somebody. And I just was like, again, Bobby, the, the, the wrestler mentality is this guy's pulling my leg, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just no. having fun. But. But just in talking to him, he, he seemed like he was being genuine. And I just sat there and talked to him for the 20 minutes or so before the show. And it just was a, was a really good time, man. Um, cool. Uh, you know, Real, just man. a genuine dude. But he was on the show a bunch of times. He told and you told some tremendous New Jack stories. I want to make mention of New Jack right here, too. Never got yeah. to have New Jack on the show. But we did an RIP for New Jack as well, which is on, on in our feed and on the YouTube channel. And the thing about New Jack was, I remember uh, asking Tracy and you on that show. I said, "Are y'all shocked that nothing ever happened to New Jack in Smoky Mountain? Like he wasn't either harmed physically, seriously, or even killed?" And both of y'all were like, "Yeah, we're shocked because of the <laughs> heat that they were getting, uh, which has been talked about at nauseum on many podcasts. But yeah. it was some real heat that New Jack and Mustafa were getting as the gangsters." Uh, Rolling through uh, uh, Hickville in, in, the, in the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> Nothing against the people in the Smoky Mountains. You know, I love y'all. No, but uh, no. they got some major heat, man. Yeah, they did, man. Definitely. Definitely got over, man. For sure. Uh, the um, <laughs> they guys when they're talking with you and Doc at time. Uh, Doc always gives out the, the name of the building or where, where Smoky Mountains coming from. He always has those <laughs> audi- the audience fees, and he says, you know, population of this town is like you know and it's uh you know 99.9 percent white and it's like you know, you're paying the audience and he's naming them towns been always cracked me up and then he'd point out some chick you know on the, or look at that kid you know you know uh, it's just funny to hear doc just put them towns down man i'm like damn doc you know we gotta i was making a living in those towns at that time <laughs> it's funny he's pretty, but uh he's pretty, he's pretty yeah, accurate he's pretty brutal <laughs> Yeah. Well, he, oh, yeah. Brutal, brutal honesty, I think. He got he, he would do the what it was, Bobby, was he would do the demographics of the. Yes, of that's what town. it was. Thank you. Yeah. When we first started. So, you know, the first first few months, you know, that you, you guys are going to new towns, like even before you got there. Right. Yeah. It's a, right. It's a new town for every, every TV tape. And eventually you start repeating, you know, Jellico and all these other yeah. areas that y'all would go to or towns you would go to. And, and Doc would he would make me piss on myself because. For a while, he would actually go through the percentage. Okay, we've got 98.9% white, uh, 0.5% African-American, and literally you'd be in a town of 400 people, right? So, like, right. he's like, wow, there's one black person here, you know? And the, so eventually, we got to the point, you know, three years in, you guys are going to the same towns. There's, this is not like WWE tour in the world. This is, right. you're in the Smoky Mountains, eventually you're in town over town. And he'd get to the point where we, we had people, that would say, you know, they'd email the show or tweet me and they'd say, why are y'all not doing the demographics no more? So, you know, Doc <laughs> caught wind of this and eventually he starts doing them again, but he abbreviates it. He goes, oh, we're in Jellico today. And I'm making this up off the top of my head. He goes, he goes, okay, what's the demographics here? He goes, um, poor and white, you know, and <laughs> he, 
that got some heat, like because people would just fly on in and hadn't heard the earlier ones, and he was pissing people <laughs> off. And it, I was just like, "Wow, why? Uh, don't let that trigger you." I mean, if it's a fact, <laughs> it's a fact. Exactly. You know, like, you've got. <laughs> 90% of the people there are white and more than half of them are on welfare. Well, he's not saying anything bad. He's just stating the fact. Where are you getting work? Again, it goes back to the thing, Bobby. Everybody's on edge, right? It, yeah, it'll be like yeah. if somebody like quoted the, the statistics from New Orleans for me and they would say, you know, it's 60% black and 40% are on welfare. Like, am I going to get mad if, if I can look at the data and show that it's a stat that's real? then we're not going to get mad about it. But right. Doc would do those things. And again, he's just quoting statistics that he's finding online. So anyway, we used to have fun with the, with the various towns in Smoky Mountain. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That promotion is underrated as we're talking about Smoky. I got to say that. If you've never seen yeah. it, a lot of it's on YouTube right, right now. I'm sure, you know, you guys are fans of Bobby because you're listening to this show as a former SMW heavyweight champion. Uh, if you haven't already done so, and I'm sure you have most of you, Go watch this. Go watch it from episode one through two hundred. You'll have a lot of fun. You'll enjoy it. It is wrestling the way it used to be, and wrestling the way I think uh, my audience and yours likes it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Jump in any time, yeah. brother. Oh no, I was just I was enjoying the scenery here. <laughs> yes. um, thank you, Mike. Very yeah. Good stuff. Well, I can I can tell you guys this. I finally got around to watching the first three episodes of Smoky Mountain last week. Um, I'm kind of slowly going to pick my way through ECW and Smoky Mountain kind of over, over the next year, I guess. Um, so I am enjoying what I'm seeing so far. Mike, as far as the demographics in the South, I've been to the South a few times in my life. And one thing I've noticed, regardless of if we're talking white or black or whatever that is, you can pretty much describe every small town as diabetic. And that seems to carry a lot of the South that I have noticed. It's something about the diet down there. Now, that having been said, <laughs> I got dead silence over here. Hey, Mike, so what was your background? What got you into wrestling? So, you know, I was a big Mid-South fan growing up as a kid. When you grow up in New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, you got Mid-South wrestling. And the junkyard dog was the king of the town. Yes. Uh, very, very pop. I mean, I'm not telling anybody out there who doesn't already know, but JYD was a legend. Uh, and he was just, he was, we talk about New Jack being a force of nature, and I'm not going to compare Dog to New Jack in any way. But um, Dog was a force of nature in, in that area. And he he could unite the people. And what I mean by unite in, in the South, I mean, New Orleans is a predominantly uh, African-American city, but when it came to the dog in the South and in mid South, he brought, I felt he always brought the races together. Uh, white, black, no matter, no matter your ethnicity, he would bring you in and, and he had a connection with the fans. So I was a big mid South wrestling fan, probably starting around 1981 or so later part of the year. So that's what I did. I watched wrestling throughout my early years into, I say into my teen years, kind of took a little bit of a break, stayed in touch with it a little bit, but, you know, I was just a fan back then. So Mid-South was my territory. Ted DiBiase, the Junkyard Dog, Mr. Olympia, Mr. Wrestling 2, Magnum TA, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express, obviously, you know, from a tag team perspective, were just tremendous. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. All of those guys I got to watch up close and personal weekly through Mid-South, and it was a tremendous territory. I, I you know, it's... When you compare it by today's standards, because sometimes I hear people say they go back and they watch some of the stuff, you know, they'll they'll sit there and say, well, um, 
you know, uh, I had a little trouble getting into it. Well, it, it didn't have the glitz and glamour that you see now. I mean, it's hard to compare, you know, today's standards by yesteryears. But from a storyline perspective, it was a male soap opera. And that was the one thing that I always felt watching Mid-South back in the day, that that storytelling area and perspective of pro wrestling. Watts had it down with Mid-South. So that's what got me into it. That's what kept me into it. Later on, we would get world class. I, I've still never been able to figure out when we got world class in New Orleans. I felt like it was around the 1983 time frame. But when you're a young kid, you just kind of don't remember. But we would get world class. So for me in New Orleans, I would get Mid-South on, uh, on a not ABC, on Channel 26 uh, in the afternoons, 530 or so. And then we got world class on Sunday nights at 1035 on Channel 6, which is the NBC affiliate in New Orleans back then. So that's where that's where my fandom comes from. All right, how'd you get into podcasting? How'd I get into podcasting? Uh, you you can kind of pull. Well, I don't say you can blame Doc. Um, <laughs> so for years, a friend of mine had a had a. He still got one. He's got a Saints podcast. I'll shout him out here. Uh, Saints Happy Hour, and I they're kind of like the way BTT is in that. They're an outlaw mud show production. I'll leave it at that. And uh, my friend Ralph, he does that Saints Happy Hour. He's got a, a, a three or four co-hosts that he works with there. And so I, I used to listen to his show for for years. And and uh, we went to high school, me and this gentleman uh, together. And then you know I listened. I used to listen to some of the the old Steve Austin shows and and Jr. and and I, I just um. You know, I always like, man, it'd be cool to, to do a podcast, right? It's like, it's fun. You, you can kind of be a little creative with it and you can, you can do your own thing. And then as fate had it, uh, Doc and I started working together. Uh, we had never known, we, we've only known each other since 2013. So we get to know each other and I'm just battling it through my head and trying to work through it and figuring out the technology of it all. And eventually I become a, I'm like, I figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that hard to upload podcasts and do this thing. And so I'm going to give it a shot. So in almost, uh, it's funny you asked this, yesterday, as we record this, let me just say this. Yeah. <clears throat> June 5th, 2021 was the six-year anniversary of Booking the Territory dropping its first show. Yeah, so that's congratulations. How it I retweeted that, by the way. Congratulations. Six years, man. That's damn good, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's it's a labor of love. I mean, you, no one's going to get rich in it. It's kind of like working the independence as a professional wrestler. You're never going to get rich at it. You're just hoping the, to get enough of an audience to maybe go into the big time one day, I guess. But no, it's a labor of love. Six years we started it. Uh, it's it's taken a long time uh, to get a decent audience. Uh, I tell people that all the time that get into it. I'm like, look, you know, if you're thinking you're just going to have thousands and thousands of people listening on day one or two or year one or two or three, it's not how it works. You got to stick with it. You got to put something out consistent. And for since then, since we started in 2015 on June 5th, when we recorded that first show and dropped it that night, we've we've put out close to a thousand episodes. I think we're actually over a thousand now, if you consider the patreon shows but just the regular shows were 750 800 or so i can't remember exactly that's still a ton of shows it's a ton of shows um you know i i take pride in something with this and this is just something i always say 
we have not missed an episode as far as in a weekly episode. There has been at least one episode every single week since we started. Damn. So every single week, there's been at least one. And if you figure during that time period, we also did Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's 200. There was 200 right. weeks straight there where we did at least two per week. So it's, it, it is not easy to, to do what we've done. And so I take pride in the fact that we've been able to, to do that for so long and, and be so consistent. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how, I don't know if that answered your question, Jeremy. I get kind of long winded, but that's, no, how, fine. that's, that's how good. it started. That's how we got into <clears throat> it. And, uh, so and just so you know how we ended up, you know, a wrestling podcast, it's funny, like, Doc was an old school wrestling fan and he just started talking to me one day about that, you know, in the workplace at lunch. And and then, you know how it is when somebody starts talking old school wrestling with you, you kind of feel them out. And we were feeling each other out in the <laughs> early process when we we're getting to know each other. And, you know, when he can start quoting things and talk about world class in terms that, you know, you have people who are from Texas who can say, oh, yeah, I knew who the Von Erics were. But they don't know old school wrestling. They just remember right. the Von Erics. They were like casual fans is what I'm going to call them. But he could cite the specifics with, you know, Kerry, Kevin and David and, you know, and, and Mike and Chris Von Erich. And he could cite the specifics with the Freebirds. And he could even go further and talk about Iceman and Chris Adams and all of the things that when you're when you get to know somebody, you go, OK, this person's not just some guy who can spot off a name or two. They know what they're talking about. It was kind of like that. So. As we got to know each other, that's when it became, oh, well, you know what? I was thinking about doing a podcast. What do you think? <laughs> and then it took, a, it took a few months. We talked about those things for a while before we actually launched the first. We didn't just have a conversation one week and then just launch right. into it. That before we actually, you know, probably before we actually launched the first episode, I'm, we had at least six months worth of talks. It wasn't like we just jumped into it where we would, we would discuss, uh, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? And even since that, First episode where we talked modern wrestling, it's morphed into a lot, you know, to, to something completely different than it once was. Yeah. Now, how did um, uh, how did Harper come on board? How did you get? How did he hook up with you guys? Hard body shout out just for him and thank you, Doc. When I got to um, co-host with you guys, I appreciate it very much because um, Doc was on the ones I was on with you, Mike. So, how's Harper fall into all this mix? And Bobby, you got to meet Hard Body Harper at WrestleCade, yeah. was it? Yes, sir. WrestleCade. Right. I remember. Yeah, he came up okay. to me. I think he came up to represent Wildcat, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's uh, right. Yes. Yep. Yes. So All right, shout so, out Hardbody. So, Appreciate that. He cracks me up sometimes. <laughs> man, your YouTube's uh, shorts that you do. Oh my God, man! I just roll. He's uh, a good stuff. He's a cartoon. He's a cartoon character. He really is. Hardbody yeah. Hopper, uh, who works for he he works for the independent promotion Wildcat Sports and Entertainment. He's a manager and he does uh, color commentary for them. He's uh, he's our co-host. So the way he came aboard, uh, about whew, five or six months in uh, of us doing booking the territory, Doc had a family emergency. So you know we jumped through hoops to get these week to get these episodes out every week. <laughs> I hear you. Doc had a family emergency and he couldn't record. So I know the owner of Wildcat. Have known him for know, twenty years now or so, and I had heard Harper on commentary on their television show. So I had reached out to him actually a few weeks before that this, this came about. And I was like, hey, you know, what do you think about me uh, having Harper on the show? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's cool. So um, that 
that day, I, you know, Doc had this family emergency, couldn't do it. Yes. Spur of the moment, I sent Harper a message and had never talked to him before on the phone, just, you know, through Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. and say, hey, um, I, now again, I had heard him on commentary for Wildcat, so I knew he, there was something there with him. And I said, hey, man, do you, uh, you want to host the show with me this week? Can you do it tonight? Because Doc <laughs> can't make it. And he said, yeah, what time? Tell him what time. So Harper comes aboard. Well, the, the week he did that episode with me, it got a lot of feedback and people seemed to love him. And I thought he did a great job. Just, you know, Bobby, I mean, you've been in the pro wrestling business and now podcasting. Not everybody can do those things. Not everybody can just jump on the spot. I'm right. not going to say you're performing all the time, but you just can't drop anybody into that seat and say, hey, do this and run with it. And I thought he was able to do that fairly well. Right. And, on. um, you know, that's how Harper became part of it. So the next week I said, hey, Harper, you, you did good. Let's do the three man booth and let's do that. And Doc was fine with it. Uh, some, something that no one would ever know unless uh, I say this. Harper and Doc have never met in person. Not one time. They've only <laughs> met on air. They've never met yeah. in person. Harper has no idea what Doc looks like. No one besides me, <laughs> as far as BTT goes, knows who Doc is and what he looks like. So they've never yeah. even met in person, and they've got, I think, pretty good chemistry uh, uh, yeah. in the podcast game. But that's yes. how Harper came aboard the show. Cool. Cool. Very good. Again, that's at Booking the Territory. That's where you can find Mike Mills at, along with Doc and Harper. And, man, they do uh, the, um, as mentioned, the Smoky Mountain, all 200 episodes. They also do the NWA Saturday Night. And um, what year did you start that, and where are you at right now? I think, are you around 86 right now, or are you farther than that? I'm, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. Right we're um, The uh, Saturday yeah, Night NWA show. Yeah, we're actually, uh, we're far along. We're, we're 1990 okay. now. 1990. Yeah, okay. What year did you start that one? When the NWA Saturday Night? Uh, so we we when we started, we had, we had been doing the Smoky Mountain show for a little while at that point, and we we were okay. still kind of we're still kind of covering some new stuff on our main show, but we're starting to transition. So we had done the Smoky Mountain show for a few months, and I had noticed just one day randomly back when the WWE Network in the United States of America was a thing. I was like, wow, they loaded all these old '85, uh, you know, all these old. Uh, NWA, WCW, Saturday night episodes onto their, uh, onto the network. And they went back all the way to, I think at the time, November of 85, October of of 85. So I told Doc, I go, man, remember when we used to watch this and how how great it was and the promos with flair and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah. So we, we just immediately at that point go change of direction. We are going to start doing these on our main show weekly. And I think it was the right choice because the download spiked and they've kept spiking since. And I've been great, yeah. grateful for anyone who well, I've listened. I'm a, I think I'm an 86, to be honest with you, because I listen to those sparingly and I do enjoy them. I, I just wanted you to know I'm not. I, I downloaded each week, but I don't listen every. I didn't even know you was up to 90, to be honest with you. But that's good to know, Mike. Very good. So now yeah, is that all, just um, you and Doc doing them or on that one now? No, no, Hopper's Hopper's still doing those. Okay, ones. yeah, Hop, you're Hopper's doing on, a Mid South one also, right? Yeah, yeah. Hop, Hopper does Hopper does the NWA show. <laughs> let me let me. I'm going to answer the Mid South question in a second. Yeah. Hopper does the NWA yeah. show with us usually when he doesn't forget, falls asleep, gets day drunk, ends up eating ass and forgets it's the night he's recording. That's not a joke, yeah. people. I'm dead serious no. when I say that. 
<laughs> but um, Hopper Hopper usually is on that show with Doc and I. I'd say ninety percent okay. of the time. Now the okay. uh, the mid the mid south show on uh, on the Arcadian Vanguard Network. Uh, that I do that one with uh, Brian Last from the Six Hundred Five right. and Jim Cornette's show. Uh, that one doesn't come out regularly, but uh, it is a week by week look at mid south wrestling. We're up okay. to we're up to where the hell are we at right now? October of eighty three at this point. I think we're in October of eighty three with that. But it's uh it's just like Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh the only thing that, that we do, the only thing different, and I must point this out, because we're plugging BTT here. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen listening to this show, booking the territory is juvenile. It can be a train wreck at times. There is nothing <laughs> professional about it. We are literally kids. We're like teenagers who never grew up. We're fourteen years old. And you just need to know that before you ever come listen to that show. And I don't say that as, as a way to like be insulting. I'm just saying I hear people from people when they go, oh, my God, you and Brian are so professional or, you know, you do this on this <laughs> show when I've heard you on. So I have to warn you. They call Booking the Territory the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. And it's because the language can be strong. Harper's always talking about some train wreck of a situation <laughs> he's been in. So it's yeah. very unprofessional, but we love talking old school wrestling. And the thing about old school wrestling, and I think both of you can appreciate, it was not politically correct in the least bit. Not when even we cover close. These shows, <laughs> right. It wasn't even close. Yeah. When we cover these shows, we're, we're covering it from the perspective of like the things that you may have heard comedians say in the 80s or the 90s before, you know, things were, you can't do certain yeah. things anymore. So. So those are the things like you think about it. And I'll cite one specific promo that JYD cut in 1988 in on the NWA inside the studio. He said he mocked Hiro Matsuda and he mocked them in a Japanese accent, similarly to what the AEW guy got fired for a couple weeks ago. So I point that out that it's not like old school wrestling was never politically correct. And we play those promos and talk about them. So we kind of get into that mantra of the way it was back then. Now, we're not yeah. out there using vulgar terms and to describe, you know, groups of people. But we review things where maybe some of those things came up. I mean, New Jack yeah. used the N-word in Smoky Mountain Wrestling on <laughs> TV one time. So we discussed, like, New Jack doing that when he brought it up. We didn't repeat the word, but he said that. Yeah. So those are the types of things that you're you're getting into when you listen to Book in the Territory and how ridiculous, I'm going to use the term ridiculous, old school wrestling could be. Jeremy, I heard you say it. You know, you were agreeing. It wasn't politically correct at all, correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, I got I to gotta share a story real quick with you guys. A handful of years back, my ex-wife and I went on vacation with a, uh, a couple who were friends of ours, but they were somewhere on the queer spectrum, right? A Jew and a black person who were both somewhere on the queer spectrum. I don't try to sort it out because there's too many varieties now, you know? And we were watching old school Memphis wrestling and Tony Anthony was getting somebody. I don't even remember who it was, was getting a promo cut on him. And the guy talked about, I'm going to strip you naked and kick your ass and beat you like your daddy should have before you became an F word. And I was just like, Oh fuck. No. Oh, good God. And they both looked at me like I had said it. And I'm just like, God damn it. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't watch old wrestling with anybody but my kid now. Just because I'm like, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming up here. I can I can tell you what promo that was, Jeremy. Um, I, uh, which one was it, actually? Tracy Smothers called Boy Tony. 
the F word. That was okay. It was him. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was Tracy Smothers <laughs> called boy, Tony, the F word. And if you want to hear us talk about that on book in the territory, there is the, the title of the video is Tracy Smothers calls boy, Tony, a what? That's just an example of, I know exactly the promo you're talking about. And Tracy just let it fly. Like it was nothing. And mm-hmm. you know, to Tracy's, and- this is not anything against Tracy. He was just doing his job as a professional wrestler at the well, time. Well, okay, so go watch any match from the 80s that has a manager out, uh, out at ringside. They were always uh, bleach-haired or effeminate in some way, ambiguously gay, and the entire audience chants the F-word at them continuously everywhere in the South. Probably in the North, too, but that I've never seen enough of that to know for sure. But Percy Pringle used to get it. I mean, just all those guys used to get it. And nobody flinched over that word. And now, looking back at it, I'm like, how did we ever think this was okay? <laughs> you know, just like, how, how are we okay that we ever did this? You know, because I did it too, you know. here here's what, I, here's what I always tell people, like, when we review these shows. I don't say this on the show weekly, but, like, our listeners understand this. When you review the sh- when you review material like that and you discuss the angles with things like that, like the example you give, Lance Peterson and I do the world class show on our Patreon feed and and we're in this we're in the middle of it right now where Percy Pringle in nineteen eighty six, mm-hmm. the sportatorium crowd is chanting repeatedly, very loudly, that word, yes. the F word to Percy. <laughs> they are loud and Percy's soaking it up. He's so good. Yeah. But you know, here's what I always say about those things. They happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't, can't get like rid of it. Happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I'm think not the worst thing I can do is, is if they took any of that video down or we don't continue. That's why I think on our podcast, um, we do these, you know, top tens and, you know, certain wrestlers. Uh, JYD was one of the very first one we done, man. A uh, reason we really love this person. But I think it's important that we keep, you know, Percy's another one, you know, we're talking about this, you know, now deceased, but here we are talking about something that took place, like you said, what, 80, 86 or something at the sporting tour. I think it's important that we have that in our history as pro, old school pro wrestling fans that these videos do surface and that that we can watch these matches irregardless of what's being said in the ring, you know. Um, yeah. So we can keep these guys around and keep their names alive, I guess is what I'm saying, you know. That's just important to me as a fan that we, you know, uh, just keep them around and have them have them around in conversation, well, guys. I'm a little bit older than you. I'll just saying, just uh, guys our age in a, in a demographic that you know. Hey, we're old school wrestling fans, and um, I, I'm proud of that uh, to be a pro wrestling fan. Yeah, and I don't think there's any problem in realizing that the past was different. You know, I, I know a lot yeah. of people want to tear down statues and do all this shit nowadays. You know, and arguments can be made either way, but you cannot completely wash away the past. We have to realize that people used to talk like that. <laughs> the Nazis really were bad guys, and there's no cleaning up history, you know? Yeah, yeah well, I, I think when it comes to, I, I just think when it comes to pro wrestling, there are a lot of things, as you watch old school wrestling, that were not politically correct and we discuss them on btt and we make ridiculous jokes about some of the things and we laugh because i'm sorry it's just unreal when we laugh in a way of oh my god they said that and it made air (laughs) and that's in you in in again we we're 
it's so easy now, like when you're our age older and go, wow, we didn't I, like I didn't even blink when I heard that as a kid. <laughs> but now I hear it. and I'm like, whoa, whoa. So yeah. it's just one of those things. I'll mention one other pro- one other promo. This is from uh, Mid-Atlantic. Um, Ernie Ladd was cutting a promo on Rufus R. Jones. And he said, I'm going to beat the black off of you, Rufus R. Jones. <laughs> I mean, you, you just, you hear that in 2021 and you go, man, I mean, but they, back then promos were a lot, they definitely weren't scripted, but no, they were right, just, right. you just said whatever. And yeah. there is instance after instance in those old promos that I'm, I'm really worried about where it's going, especially if WWE sells. And I mean, now the network in the United States is on Peacock. You yeah. know, it, it's it's quite a shame that that these things are going to be washed away. And well, that's what you know, I was. And that's at not. Earlier. Let me let me say this. That's not me saying I co-sign on the use of Tracy using that word. I don't right. use that word. I don't think it's right to use that word. Um, I don't believe in the N word. Um, that's not. So when I say leave those things in those promos, I need to make a distinction. That's not me saying they're good things to say. It's me saying history. That's all. That's that's the point. Yeah. Make, especially when it comes to old school wrestling. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I just uh, that's a difference. Also, making a mistake when I put hashtag when you all do your booking the territory army hashtag BTT army. Um, I sent out about three days in a row the BBT army, <laughs> and you shot back at me to smart me up. Um, that was pretty funny, man. I, you can figure out what the BBT stands for, people, if you want to, or ask um, <laughs> ask Mike or myself in private through a DM. But I was pushing the BBT army there for a couple of days, not realizing I was hashtagging several different things. But um, I, I certainly don't don't uh, wasn't. Uh, you know, incur- <laughs> just saying, just putting that out there. We we had we had a little fun with it, you know. So I can only imagine um, some of the responses you must have got. I don't even recall them. I just know Mike caught it after a couple of times. Like, damn, did I? Do- oh man! But anyway, <laughs> he knew what I meant, and it wasn't anything because Mike and I are a good, good, good deal together. Um, so, Mike, one our um, two things, and, and I know we got to start winding things down, and, and please feel free to get anything in where we can find you out and follow you out again. We'll go over all that. Um, so I want to know two things. Uh, connoisseur of Hennessy, did I get that right? Yes, specifically okay. Hennessy VSOP. The, the, cheap, the cheap version of VS is not that good. I, people make fun of me for the Hennessy, but, yes, I love okay. a, a nice glass of Hennessy. Okay, cool deal. And... Menace to Society. Oh, boy. Okay, so Mike and I were talking, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I'm not sure if we bring this up on the show or not, uh, Mike, um, or if we talked off the air. And I think we very, we briefed over it. Um, many, many years ago, um, I was running some Smoky Mountain Towns when, when they shut down. And so this is just kind of crazy thing that happened. Um, so I was talking to Robert Gibson, who was running the school, and Mike can fill you in on that was where it was at. I think it was over in uh, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, Mike. But um, anyway, Robert was going to come up and work some shows with me, um, and he said he could bring some talent with me. And one of the talents, he said he had this young guy named Menace to Society. And it ended up being Mike Mills, as, as I found out later on through Mike and I was talking. Is that pretty much sum it up, Mike? Um, tell us about the little – because I know you also – 
for Jeremy's sake, I'm going to say this. Um, the uh, young bucks out there, Jeremy, that do the super kick party that you love so much. Oh, yeah. Mike Mills took one super kick from, tell him, tell him, Mike. Oh, Chris Adams. Oh, there you go. Yes. And it only took See, that one. That gets huh? you over right there, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, tell them. But, so, I get that right about the Mike Mills and Menace Society, how we figured that out. Oh, shit. You could have been on one of my shows at some point. Yeah. So, this, this is interesting. I th- and, Bobby, I think it's the very first time you were on the show uh, okay. with me. We were, like I said, Bobby and I, we were like two guys who had known each other for years. We, we, yeah, we recorded yeah. two plus hours of audio. And then. We had a conversation about uh, WCW that was wasn't even recorded, where we got into the No Limit Soldiers and yeah, and yeah, Swole yeah. and all. We we started talking about all of yeah. that, but before four that, by four, yeah, 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 we started having this discussion. Before that, though, Bobby, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I think I I think I actually said what my I think once we were done, I got I actually said my wrestling name on, on yeah. to Bobby again. We weren't recording, and Bobby it like jogged the memory in his mind. And he said, so he tells me the story of, of, you know, I think I got your name before you were going to come work a show for me, um, in Kentucky. And that made me realize I remember back in 96 or when did you run those shows, Bobby? It would have been, it would have been uh, late. Um, I, yeah, it would have been 96. Yeah, 96. Okay. We shut so, down in 95 at Smoky Mountain. I started those uh, the spring of uh, 96. Yeah, spring. So Bobby and I are talking, and Bobby, Bobby says, I heard your name. You were going to be on my show, I think. And then that made me, it like, when somebody tells you something that you remember, and I, I hadn't been wrestling for uh, on the independence that long at that point, I remember so I had met Robert Gibson in either 96 or late 95. I don't really remember the time frame exactly. Yeah, And it would, probably was in 96, though, now that I think about it, because he would have been done with Smokey by then. And I had gone to a couple of his shows. He was running some shows in Pensacola, I think at the okay. Pensacola Fairgrounds. And so I had known Robert Gibson. Um, he had been on a couple of shows <clears throat> that I had been on in the Louisiana area. And... and I, what I didn't, I didn't remember. I remember this guy I used to work for who told me, Hey, uh, Robert Gibson is going to, is going to get us booked in Kentucky. Mm. And I was like, okay, well just let me know in case I got to take off of work or something or something like that. What I didn't know was that Robert Gibson evidently told Bobby blaze. Yeah. I got a couple of guys I can bring in, bring with me. If we go, we'll all ride up together. I guess the plan yeah. would have been, you know, we would have ridden over to Pensacola or Alabama. I don't know where Robert was living at the time, but that would have right. been a short drive, to be honest, uh, from 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 where we were in South Louisiana to pick him up and then shoot up north to Kentucky. Um, right. th- that would have been the longer part of the drive. So I, Bob, I come to find out all these years later, because I think we were tired. We were having this discussion in like 2017. So almost 11, 12 years later. Bobby and I are having a discussion. Bobby had never seen me, never laid eyes on me, but he had been told my name, my wrestling name, as one of the guys that they were that Robert Gibson was going to bring up with him yeah. uh, to come work Bobby Blaze's show. And it was just one of those things. It never happened. So Bobby and I yeah. never got to meet in person. 
But it's just crazy how interconnected things can be we will. when it comes we to will. Uh, wrestling. Yeah, we'll meet. Yeah, we were doing like two and three day runs, and I'm sure if I was bringing uh, Hood in for that, it would have been like a three day deal. You know, where you're worth worth coming up for. You know, so uh, I have I have a question. I have a, I have a question. If you're wrestling under the name Menace to Society, what what's your ring gear like? <laughs> oh, well, so at that at that time. Um, at that time, I was really outlaw mud show. That's why I'm really like, wow. <laughs> Robert Gibson said my name to Bobby Blaze, um, and he I didn't did. know Bob, I didn't know who Bobby was at the time. Um, I, that's what was kind of shocking because at that point, I think I was wearing some Air Jordans, basketball shorts, and a probably just a t-shirt. I mean, I probably looked like Kevin Owens except no wrestling boots at that point. <laughs> now, now morphed into if you were going to go a few years down the road. I actually ended up with some wrestling boots. Well, for a time period, remember Bobby, everybody in WCW was wearing those Magnum boots. Yeah. So I had a, yeah. I had, a, I had a pair of those, but then I actually got just some black boots and, and I still was wearing, uh, like basketball shorts, but I would have a singlet on underneath it and I'd throw a jersey on over the top. Okay. Um, so I'd have a singlet underneath, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the gimmick. Uh, there were phases, Jeremy, where I had, um, I had my hair braided. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may have caught me with some hair braids and, you know, a do rag on my head or something like that. But yeah, that, that was a. Uh, there's pictures floating out there. If you just search Minister Society Mike Mills, you get, you'll see some unscrupulous photos of me. That's pretty awesome. That's very, <laughs> uh, very of its time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was a big fan of the movie Minister Society. Mm. I liked the, the movie. I mean, that. That movie came out, I think, my senior. No, I was actually out of high school at that point when I think that movie came out. But. Uh, so I was young. I was like probably 18, 19 years old at that time when it came out. Anyway, uh, I liked that movie. And there was a promoter in the South Louisiana area that I was working for uh, who who was like, uh, so you want, what do you want your name to be, you know, if you're going to come work for me? And I, and I was like, well, um, I don't know. I like the movie Menace to Society. And I said it as just like, ha you know. And he's like, I like that. I was like, okay. So that's how the name that's how the name came to be. Like I thought about for a while just using my actual name, like uh, you know, my first and last name, Mike, Minister Society Mills, but it ended up being just Minister Society and uh or it, like a lot of times I would also have them announced to be as M two S, um, which you you would have had no known what that's what it stand for. But you know, that was independent the re- independent wrestling during that time frame was a different world compared to what it was pre pandemic. Like I mean, it was a different world. I mean, you did, nobody had TV. I don't say nobody. Hardly anyone had TV. There's no social media. Right. I mean, but to go back to your original question, Jeremy, I, I look like a Robert Gibson told Bobby Blaze my name, and I could not have looked <laughs> less like a pro wrestler. And I took a super kick from Chris Adams in that gear, which is even more absurd when you think about it, yeah. which there's no video of, unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. See, I, I kind of have an opinion about people – who wrestle in street clothes. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from a guy who, who's not worked in wrestling. I'm a total outsider. My opinion's worth exactly less than a cup of coffee. I kind of feel like guys who show up in streetwear for a wrestling match should be in prison. That's just me. I, you know, I'm not trying to cause any problems, but <laughs> just saying, you know, when I see like John Cena wearing jorts in a fucking wrestling match, I'm like, no, he should be in prison. That is wrong. That is just wrong. 
Well, fuck me sideways, Jeremy. <laughs> when I had my Terry Funk boots and I wore jeans on a Japan tour, it got over, so I don't want to hear it. But no, I agree. We're, we're not going to send you to prison, though. God damn, man, that's too hard. That's too harsh. But, uh, yeah, there's something to be said about it, man. Let's all get some professional ring gear so we're not uh, being a part of the outlaw show, right? <laughs> so we're trying to be well, – anyway, we're, we're podcasters now, man. We're above that. We're above that, man. Mike, well, tell all of our good listeners where we can find you at, man, uh, at Booking the Territory. Um, Real quick. I, again, let me repeat. Robert Gibson told Bobby Blaze my name after seeing me in that gear. Robert, hey, that's over. Just like I'm Double B, I'm I'm Arn Anderson's uh, uh, favorite in town. Hampton, as Jeremy says, until we get a a letter or someone says, "Hey, man, don't don't say it anymore." We're gonna ride that pony all the way to the bank, and, I'll, and it's a long ride to the bank, as you mentioned in podcasting. So yes, you mentioned to people that Robert Gibson was going to book you on a Bobby Blaze show for CPW, which was championship professional wrestling and also you took one just one super kick from chris adams you're over that's baby all, that's all it took that's all it took from chris adams for sure but yeah uh, plug uh, as far as plugs go well you can find me on twitter at mike 504 saints you can find book in the territory on twitter at btt underscore podcast book in the territory has an official facebook page so please come like it uh, and follow along there. It's facebook.com slash book in the territory. So very simple to remember. Uh, and again, the Twitter is at BTT underscore podcast. But uh, those are the places on social media. You can listen to book in the territory. Tinyurl.com slash BTT pod. Uh, or just search booking the territory wherever you get your podcast from. I always mention the tinyurl.com slash BTT pod because that will route you to Podbean. Where Podbean is where... You can get every single episode. I think on Apple and some of the other platforms, it only goes back so far. They age out after time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They 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 edit them out after time. But you know, at the tinyurl.com slash BTT pod, you can get everything there. We do have a Patreon. No need to join that. Listen, just come listen to the free stuff right now. There's there's like I said, literally close to a thousand episodes out there right now of that, and and you can you can enjoy our free stuff. Again, I warn you, it's myself, Hardbody Hopper, Doc Turner. The show is, they call it the Unprofessional Rock Podcast. The language is strong. The jokes are just very, very bad, <laughs> terrible. Uh, Bobby's told some bad ones on there, so he's been a part of the party as well that we've had fun with. But it's, I've we, never we been on her talk about busting some bitch's guts out. This okay. ain't Buddy Landell. <laughs> this ain't Buddy Landell you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but we, we, look, we, I think like we have a fellowship with former, well, not former, but fellow. You know, old school wrestling fans. And that's the best part about it. And, and again, we were joking. Bobby did. I can't remember. Bobby did about 10, 15 or 20 shows yeah. with us at the end of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. But it was really good. Uh, it, and the reason I point that out is Bobby was on some sh- on, did some of the shows with us where he got to work with Terry Gordy. And Bobby did our show where he talks about when he won the title from Jerry, Jerry Lawler. Um, Bobby, I still got to get you back on because there was some. I don't want to be uh, controversial here, but there was a little bit of drama from what I remember um, related to you winning the belt somewhat. I don't want to say it, was, it wasn't was anything bad, but there were some no. things we were going to talk about after that we got to get into. Yeah. But, but uh, we had a we had an exceptional good time just talking to Bobby. Bobby's been on the show. I joked and said 40 times. It's probably close to that, though, in, in actuality, because he did week by week with with Doc and I for for as we neared the end of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So you can listen to us there. Come have fun with us. The drama-free show. 
uh, join the Facebook page and, and have some fun. Uh, as we relive the, I'll call it the good old days of wrestling. Cause what we see now, just, it's not pro wrestling anymore. It's pro sports entertainia or something. Stop that. We don't use we that don't kind of language together. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 no. um, the, what, the stuff we talk about for the most part is, is, is what we is what was is what was pro wrestling and not not right. whatever is right. happening now. Yeah, no shade at those yeah. people. There's some hellified. No, it's no. Just, we don't talk. We we've always put the talent and hard work over and good you know wrestlers, performers, etc. But man, yeah, um, Mike's. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on um, to, to Bob Delta Bella Bobby Blaze podcast. Jeremy, you got anything to wrap it up with, with Mike? I know Mike, I just want to say personally, I can't wait to meet you in person. I know we click, man. I know we're kind of brothers, uh, you know, and, um, well, that's going to happen one day. Now things are lifting up when it's times of pandemic, man. I know also you talk about sometimes, uh, we tweet out, I do the same thing. God take care of our own mental health. Sometimes people don't get on their fucking hating people. Or as Jeremy says, don't be a dick, man. You know, on them, on them damn social media platforms, everyone's on edge as it is. Take care of your own mental health, man. That's kind of the way I close out every week, Mike. And that includes myself. I have to tell people that because I know myself and I just have to tell myself, man, sometimes I say, fuck, Bobby, drink a beer, man. Chill the fuck out. Quit, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just relax and take care of yourself sometimes. So that's my closing statements. Uh, Jeremy, Professor, thanks for recording this and editing and getting it up on time. But um, again, Mike, thank you. Professor, thank you. People out there, take care of each other and take care of yourselves. All right. Well, everybody, don't forget, go buy Bobby's books. If you don't yeah. have them, if you got friends who don't have them, go buy them. They're on Amazon. Just search Bobby Blaze. They'll come up. Um, let me see for everybody else. Yes. Take care of yourselves, each other for God's sakes. Don't touch Terry Gordy's van. And, uh, <laughs> you know, until next time. Bye-bye everybody.